Hello and welcome to The Price of Music, the show that looks at the money behind the music industry. With me, Steve Lamack of Music Allies, Head of Insight, Stuart Dredge. Have you had a good week, Stuart? Uh, yeah, it's been very good, yeah. I wish it had been slightly quieter, but I guess that's good with this stuff going on. Uh, we are going to, by the way, we are going to answer the first of our listener questions later on. But to start with, uh, there were, as always, quite a few stories happening this week in music, but none, we think, as big as this one, uh, which is why we're going to spend a bit more time on this than usual, uh, because as you've probably seen, an almighty row has blown up between Universal Music Group and TikTok, which has led Universal to withdraw all of its artist music from the social platform. That's every artist signed to any of the Universal labels. That's Universal itself, EMI, Def Jam, Virgin Island Records, Polydor. Uh, I mean, it's a long list, but all their music has been taken off TikTok last week. Uh, so why has this happened? That's the first thing. Uh, and what's the impact going to be on everyone involved, including the artists themselves? And of course, what's the financial impact to everyone? Uh, before we try and answer some of the many questions this dispute has thrown up, I think it might be well, Stuart, just, just, can we just sketch out the profile of the parties involved and what sort of power that they wield? Yeah, definitely. Because it's been quite interesting. I've been kind of crunching the numbers on both companies and they're, they're surprisingly similar in terms of how much money they make. Um, so Universal Music Group, obviously, it's the biggest of the three major labels. So it's just under, just under kind of, just under a third of all the music stream sales is Universal Music Group artists. Uh, they did about... 8.8 billion quid in revenue in 2022 and about 6.8 billion in the first nine months last year. I haven't declared the last quarter yet. So they're about a kind of 10 billion pound business a year. Uh, and this will be important later. They've got two main bits so that they've got the recorded music bit, which is releasing, releasing music with artists. And they've got the music publishing bit representing songwriters. Um, and that's going to become important later when we're explaining what it all means. So that's universal. And uh, TikTok, I mean, it's, I don't know if you can compare because they're not like for like companies, but TikTok, it's, well, it's, it's two more questions, actually. First, obviously, how big is it? But also, how reliant on music is TikTok? And conversely, how reliant on TikTok is the music industry, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, it's um. so, I mean, even the, the basics of what TikTok is, it's, we call it like a short video app. So it's not a streaming service like Spotify, like Apple Music. It's, it's an app where basically you go on and you swipe through your feed of videos and it can be anything. It can be music clips, it can be people dancing, it can be people cooking, people playing games, people just doing random memes. Um, I've got like a 14-year-old and when I look at his TikTok feed, it's honestly, I don't understand 90% of it. So it's it's kind of TikTok for parents now is the equivalent to rock and roll music was for parents in the 60s when it's literally incomprehension of what is this thing that my kids are doing. Um, but so it's, 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 it's basically become this really powerful app. So a couple of years ago, it had a, more than a billion people were using it around the world. Um, that hasn't been updated since. It's likely a lot more than that. Um, it's owned by this company of Chinese origin called ByteDance. So they're kind of one of the big technology companies in China. Um, and they did uh, about £87.6 billion of revenue last year, it's estimated. And another estimate reckons that TikTok is 12% of those revenues, which kind of comes out around the same amount of money as Universal Music Group is making. So these really are kind of two, two matching big beasts, one from tech and one from music, kind of butting heads. Um, and, 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 you ask, and music is really crucial. So when TikTok started, it was basically people doing 
dances um, to music challenges, it's always had music at its heart. Um, and the way it's evolved is now you can go on there and when you're starting to make a video, you can say, right, I want to choose a sound for this video. And you browse its catalog of everything. And it's pretty much got, like it had licensing deals with pretty much all the big labels. And yeah, so there's there's a lot of music artists on there who are using it to kind of chat to the, to talk to the fans, post videos. Um, but even the non-music videos on there, the gamers and the cookers and the vloggers, they're still using music as their soundtrack. So it really is a massive thing. And then as part of that, it's become really important to the music industry. Like there have been a number of tracks have gone viral on TikTok, then become hits. There's a famous one with Fleetwood Mac, actually, when this random bloke filmed himself on a skateboard drinking a carton of cranberry juice. Um, and it went viral and he was using a Fleetwood Mac track. And then suddenly they were back in the charts and being interviewed about why they'd gone viral on TikTok. And you had like Mick Fleetwood going don't know what this is about, but I'm really here for it. And they they actually started doing their own videos and kind of having fun with it. So yeah, so basically TikTok. TikTok is massive for music. Music is massive for TikTok, which is why it's been such a surprise really this week that, that there's now a huge row with the biggest music company. So explain, so, so why this new dispute then? What What's happened? What's the story behind this? How, how have we ended up in this apparent standoff? Well, yeah, so as most tech companies using music do they have licensing deals and they tend to last for like two or three years where they basically pay them out of money and agree we can use your music catalog until we the deal expires and we'll renew it and usually that usually that renewal happens kind of quite quietly behind the scenes and they just announce that it's been done but yeah so universal wrote this it publishes open letter to the artists and songwriter community which is kind of you know someone's going about to get serious when they're like here's an open letter to the whole um why is called time out on tiktok and they basically said, yeah, their deal was due to expire on the 31st of January and negotiations had broken down. So they were removing all their stuff. And they kind of basically cited three things. So one is money. Like the, it's always money. <laughs> it's, um, Universal says that TikTok wants to pay a fraction of what similar uh, platforms pay. So again, it's not like Spotify and Apple Music they're talking about. They're talking about Facebook and YouTube and Snapchat, kind of comparable things to TikTok. And Universal, which is this is a crazy thing, Universal is the biggest music company in the world, said that TikTok tried to bully it by into accepting a worse deal by, and I'm quoting here, selectively removing the music of some of our developing artists. So mm -hmm. there's clearly been some kind of needle going on about money. And then there were a couple of other things. They mentioned AI, um, artificial intelligence, and they accused TikTok of allowing its platform to be flooded with AI-generated recordings. Uh, and making tools to help people create that stuff and then helping it to dilute the royalty pool for human artists. So they, they really were swinging in this open letter. It wasn't like a mealy mouth thing. It was like proper punches. And then the third thing was like hate speech and safety words. And Universal said it was that TikTok wasn't making enough of an effort to combat hate speech and bigotry and bullying and harassment. So it was kind of this triple pronged attack saying this is the reason why we are, we're, we're not, we're, we've talked and broken down and we're pulling everything off. Um, and then TikTok did a response, which was a really punchy response, actually. Um, essentially calling Universal greedy, saying it uh, put a false narrative and rhetoric forward and self-serving actions and saying it was harming its artists. And that's what's really unusual because we've seen, like, I've seen record labels have a go at tech companies before, but it's rare for the tech company to come out swinging quite as, as immediately as it did. And that's, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. 
So um, what having made um, all these claims then, by the way, the idea that TikTok will pay a fraction of the rate of other social platforms, I mean, that's just a fraction of a fraction now, isn't it? It's, but that fraction is barely visible to the human eye, I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what happens next then, I suppose? So this amazing thing, I mean, nothing has anything like this happened bef- before on this scale because this does seem like as you say this is quite a big dust up this yeah definitely i mean there's 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 one very strong parallel um which is to youtube so a few years ago youtube was like the arch villain for a lot of the music industry and there was a there was a thing it was this term was coined by the music industry called the value gap which was the gap between the value of all the music being used on youtube and the amount of money they were paying and it was a big Deal. And in that case, they, they couldn't really pull the music off because YouTube people can upload music. And then so they couldn't it wasn't quite the same situation, but um, they were trying to get um, lawmakers around the world to kind of crack down and make YouTube have to pay more and do things. And that was it was really it really was a big deal. Um, but now YouTube is kind of the best of the friends of the music industry um, and possibly no coincidence because TikTok is quite a threat to YouTube in terms of it's it's people are spending time using TikTok and maybe less YouTube. Um, the day after, I think, the, the big UMG sort of row, YouTube announced that it now had 100 million subscribers to its uh, paid services and it had all these glowing endorsements from music industry bosses, including Universal's Lucian Grange, who said some amazing quote about how this just shows what marvellous partnerships can be when everyone's doing the right thing. You know, it, it felt quite pointed. Yeah, in this case then. So because I'm, I'm trying to work out in my own head whether there is some, whether there's some major label posturing going on here or um universal are trying to demonstrate you know it's a hardball negotiating stance or whether it's something else and i don't know what your what's your instinct saying do you know why they're coming at this at this particular point in this particular way yeah it does feel like a very concerted attempt to pick a fight because normally i'm kind of used to it's, it's always quite fun as journalists covering this stuff because when there's a renewal coming up you'll start to see this stuff in the in the in the trade press in things like billboard of people muttering about how this company isn't paying enough and should be paying more and it's all part of the kind of jousting that goes on but it's rare to see it this kind of thing so something has gone very wrong something's gone really wrong in those negotiations to have it come out so publicly and to stop them because usually again you kind of you rattle your sword at the other company while carrying on to talk you know in private and you know it's all kind of you probably get there in the negotiating table and laugh about what someone's just said in billboard about how greedy you are but this is there's genuine fury here and genuine uh, like universal is trying to not just kind of say what it's done it's trying to rally the industry around it and it's been kind of interesting actually that it's had some backing from people you wouldn't normally think would be obvious bedfellows for the biggest major labels so you've seen some independent music companies you've seen some of the people who like um campaign for artist rights who've been quite critical of universal in the last kind of couple of years have come out and said actually we think this is a good stance it's taking so it is it's, it's not just kind of pulling its music off it's trying to rally the music industry around this idea that tiktok is is not willing to pay fairly it's it's kind of become a big a big point of principle but at the same time, I'd be very surprised if they're not back negotiating at some point. I don't think it's one of those things where they're going to stop, never go back, burn the bridges to the ground and, and forget it. Um, but right now it feels like it's it's kind of the dust is settling and everyone's waiting to see you know, how they find a path back from this. 
interestingly um talking about the rest of the music industry because that was what i was the other thing i was thinking about this story what are the implications for the rest of the music business i mean how how will other labels react and whether they do they side with universal or are they thinking well hang on we can capitalize on their artist's absence by pushing our own music this is this is an open goal <laughs> well it kind of is, it kind of is in the short term in a way in that yeah universal music like you can't you can't use taylor swift's music in your videos and tiktok olivia rodrigo some of the biggest artists in the world are off so if you're for example ed sheeran who's on warner music your music is maybe going to get used more so there is that but yeah i suppose the situation at the moment is um all the three major labels independents they all renew at different times with different companies so Warner Music renewed its TikTok deal last July and they usually go for like two or three years. So Warner Music won't have to renew for another, you know, July 2025 at the earliest. So there's no kind of comparable they're going to pull their catalogue off following Universal. I mean, the other thing is this thing, collusion, that the major labels are all very worried about. Like they don't, they can't be seen to be doing stuff together um, because they'll end up in kind of an, all kinds of anti-competition trouble. So you're not going to see Sony and Warner say, we're doing it too, we're, we're joining Universal. That would be kind of unthinkable. Um, but so here's the real, the real, the really, well, I say the fun part. This is worrying, actually. It's worrying for musicians, so not fun at all. Um, so far, what's come down is the recordings for Universal Music Group. But it had a deal with its publishing division with TikTok too. Um, and it's got another, I think it was 30 days, so till the end of February before that expires properly. And when that happens, if there's no deal, proper chaos begins because that would mean TikTok having to remove any recording, any track that has been written or partially written by a songwriter signed to Universal Music Publishing. Oh, and that's where, yeah, so, so for example, like Harry Styles is a good example. Harry Styles is signed um, to Sony or Sony label. But his, as a songwriter, he's signed to Universal Music. So his tracks would have to come down. And just the way music industry is, there, there are some, a lot of pop songs might have eight or nine writers. If one of those writers is signed to Universal Music Publishing, it's, so it's going to be in the end of February is really when the kind of the, everything's going to hit the fan. Because that's when music from other labels could start having to come down because the songwriters are signed to Universal. We should just clarify here, just to make the distinction, because you, you sign a record deal for your recorded music, but then you sign a publishing deal for the songs that you write. So artists might write a song for someone else on a completely different label, or you know it might be a, a cover version someone's chosen to write. But if the writer, so what you're saying is, if the writer's assigned to Universal, then that's got to come down as well. When? In, at the end of the month? When? End of February. End of end of February. That's so that and and you're saying that equates could equate to uh, a percentage of music on TikTok, which is in the region of. I've seen a couple of different figures. One was eighty percent, like up to eighty percent of all the music could have to come down. I've seen another one that's more than half. So no one and the thing is to think, no one quite knows because and this is like a whole show in itself. Sometimes the data around music publishing isn't always as accurate or as there's no obvious place you can go and say who who wrote every song who is the publisher for that like it's it, it can be difficult so it can be difficult it's gonna be difficult for TikTok to know what has to come down in some cases and it's going to be chaos and it's going to affect a lot of artists who aren't signed to universal for their recordings um and the other layer of chaos here is that um TikTok is also muting videos that used universal songs in the past so there's a whole swathe of TikTok videos like that previously used a Taylor Swift song that are now basically mime videos. <laughs> <There's no sound. laughs> 
um which is kind of so it really is like it's 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 hard to kind of I, I, it's hard to think of an equivalent there like in the past there was some stuff that got pulled from youtube in the past but it wasn't of this level from this size company so yeah it's really a big deal i mean i mean i'm giggling this uh, slightly but um, as you're saying, this is very worrying. I mean, the, the artists at the, the, the top level, established stars, will have income from elsewhere, and they're already well known. But surely this will affect new artists who are looking for a break and maybe rely more on that fraction of a fraction for their income. Yeah, and it's 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 it varies. Like you say, I mean, Universal made a point of saying TikTok was one percent of its revenues, and in, in a way of saying it's not going to hurt us doing this. Um, but yeah, I think for a lot of artists who are using TikTok, if they're signed to Universal, it's now exception. They can still make videos, they can still chat to fans, they can still record stuff, just not put their, use their own clips. Um, it's kind of bad luck for anyone within the Universal family who had a marketing campaign planned that made a big use of TikTok. And that was becoming really common. Like a lot of labels, TikTok is a really big part of their marketing strategy. So if you're a Universal artist who had a song coming out this week and a campaign based around largely TikTok, you're, you're in trouble. Um, but at the same time, if you're an independent artist who's nothing to do with Universal and it, your songs are your own, you can carry on doing what you're doing and using it as you were. So for now, you're going to see that. And, and the other thing to say, I think, is that this this category of um, short video, we call it, even though the videos are getting longer over time, um, there's YouTube Shorts is an alternative. There's Instagram Reels. There are other places you can do stuff like you do on TikTok. And so that may be one thing we see. We see some of that more of those marketing campaigns moving to YouTube and Instagram while the TikTok situation is being sorted out. Mm. I did, um, funnily enough, uh, I talked to somebody earlier in the week who had been talking to uh, somebody from a record company, one of the labels from the Universal labels that I mentioned at the top of the program. And they were in exactly that situation where they were about to launch an album campaign, quite a lot of which had been geared around TikTok. And now they were having to refocus where they were going to market their artists because all of a sudden, and I think that's, you know, that, that element of promo, I suppose is, I don't know how you put a price on it exactly, but that's, that's one of the reasons why TikTok has become powerful within music. I mean, it has just, while, while you've been explaining all this, it made me suddenly realize just how many gaps there are in my knowledge of how these platforms work. Um, so is it, I mean, I th shall we just briefly explain how an artist makes money out of TikTok and how musicians have used TikTok to further their career? Uh, which I know sounds like a, quite a naive question, but if it stops me scratching my head for a second, I think it might be worth it. So directly or indirectly, how do you make money out of TikTok? How does it work for you as an artist? Yeah, well, this is a thing. And this is why this is where it sounds like I'm maybe praising and people get angry, but TikTok is TikTok has been brilliant for a lot of artists. It's a brilliant platform in terms of getting your name out there. One of the big parts of the argument is TikTok saying we have huge promotional value for your artists. And Universal saying, yeah, but you're making loads of money. We want more of that. Like it's not just, just pure promotion isn't an argument. But yeah, so basically as a musician, I mean, you can make royalties from TikTok from use of your music and it pays royalties to your label distributor uh, and they then assign them to you. And this is, I mean, it, no one really hides the fact this is very small at the moment. Like, under the existing deals, it's very small revenue. Um, but there is there are royalties. Um, you've got this indirect impact, which is hard to measure. But if your song becomes popular on TikTok, it's pretty much guaranteed to get more streams elsewhere on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, YouTube. Like there's, it's kind of hard to quantify it sometimes, but you've seen a lot of songs 
TikTok popularity equals a streaming spike elsewhere, and that's where you get your royalties. Which again, streaming royalties famously debated about how big they are. But you know, if you do well on TikTok, you will have a boost elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. There's a promotional benefit if you're brand new. TikTok can get your song in front of loads of people. Um, TikTok actually in the last year has done some interesting stuff with with adding in a little feature where you can add songs to your library on Apple Music or Spotify or Amazon Music. So okay. it's been trying to help people do that, help kind of like make that journey of, I heard a song on TikTok, don't know who it's by, but if I tap here, I can add it to my streaming service. And so they've been working on that sort of thing. Um, but then, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a few things. Like, so you can you can actually sign up for TikTok to be your distributor. So, you know, I mean, but we, should we explain that? I suppose like if you're an artist, you may not have a label deal, but you can work through distributor, which will put your music on streaming services. Um, and TikTok has one of those called Sound On. So you can actually have TikTok as essentially your label surrogate, um, who then pay you your royalties both from TikTok and from other streaming services. And then there is, there's um, a thing I got called Commercial Music Library, which is if you're a business, if you're a brand, and you want to use some music on TikTok, TikTok has a library of songs that you can use. So if you're, for example, if you're, I don't know, if you make uh, sports gear, or if you're a fish and chip shop, or any kind of business, you can't just go on TikTok and pick the new Taylor Swift song and use it in your commercial content. Like you get, you get, you get sued, and people have been sued by major labels for that. But they have got a library that some artists can go in. They've had some artists that they've broken through this. So there was a, an artist called Inji, who's an American artist, who's brilliant actually, and she had a track called Gaslight, and she was in this commercial music library. And so many brands and businesses were using that song that all the kind of TikTok influencers started to notice, and they started using it, and it became a hit. So that's another way that you can get your music used by brands and get money from that. And then you can sell stuff. So they've been doing a lot of expansion into like merch and even ticketing. They've got a partnership with Ticketmaster to help artists sell tickets, which I'm always wary of that. Like, do you remember back in the day when people were complaining about streaming and some people go, oh, what are you worrying about? You can sell merch and tickets. And it sometimes was a bit of a fig leaf for don't complain about something going down. Merch and tickets is a panacea that will solve everything. But that's happening on TikTok. And then finally, you can busk. So they have this thing called TikTok Live, which is when you like basically go live, live stream. And you can live stream and people who watch you can give you virtual coins. Um, and, and this is actually one of the enormous parts of TikTok um, is people watching live streams and then tipping the people who are doing them with coins. And, lo- and they've got like, bed- so that's more for the kind of the, 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 the bedroom band or musician or even actual buskers during the pandemic did quite a lot of that. So you can, you can literally kind of play for coins on TikTok. Um, it's not a really part of the mainstream music industry, but that is there are some musicians using that. So, so in a way, this is a frustrating thing. There are a whole bunch of ways to make money from music on TikTok and to make money elsewhere from what's happening on TikTok. And that's what makes this dispute really worrying in a way. Like it is a good platform, but Universal and TikTok just can't agree on what the fair value is for the music. And, and that's where none of us... None of us are privy to those discussions. Like it's hard to pick a bad guy. We just know they disagree and that they're furious about it. Mm. I think it's. I mean, it's interesting that it does tell you quite a lot about though how how all the social platforms like this how they are now. They're all part 
of the music industry in some way or other. Um, and I don't know if the music industry will one day, or even if they are even now, thinking, why didn't we do some of this ourselves? And why weren't we prepared? And why have we let some some of our perceived power slip through slip through our hands? But there's an interesting thing as well, as, uh, on top of everything that you were saying, the, the, the process of A&R now, uh, which is essentially talent spotting, uh, searching for new artists. Quite a lot of that comes back to places like TikTok now. And, you know, artists getting signed having been a success on TikTok. I mean, for better or worse, there's, there's quite a few big labels that have indulged in this sort of thing, which illustrates, you know, this interesting new relationship between what is essentially the old school record industry and the new tech if you see what I mean, there's, but they're now, they're intrinsically linked, I think. And it's going to be very hard to unpick that. It's true. And there's, there's like good and bad bits of that, I reckon. Like, so that I think the one of the bad bit is there was a rash of labels going, this thing's big on TikTok, we'll sign them. And then discovering they can't play live or discovering they haven't got any more songs or they're a terrible person or like there's a whole thing of rushing to sign the next TikTok thing. But also you've just got people on there who are just really brilliant musicians and they haven't had a way to showcase it. And they they chose this, and so yeah, it has become. And then then again, there've been talk. There was talk a couple of years ago about how artists were being told you have to go on TikTok and you have to your song has to go viral on TikTok before we release it, and that wasn't good. But again, no. that shows, like no. you say, how how it's become woven into the fabric. So, but I think I think the other thing is, I, I'm, and again, Universal Music people do like to kind of throw things at it because it's the biggest company. Uh, and it obviously does, you know, it has to kind of, it has to kind of negotiate hard and it has to negotiate in the interest of its shareholders. But I think it's very unusual for it to be so publicly furious about this kind of dispute. So it does say to me, there is some real concern there about what they see as TikTok and by extension, big tech generally, how they think of the value of music. Like, I don't, I don't think this is just universal throwing its weight around. I believe there is some real deep concerns about the kind of the, the way these negotiations have gone um at the same time there are cool people within tiktok cool music people there who are doubtless pulling their hair out and wanting this to get sorted out so i think i think it will get sorted out eventually but it's it's going to take a little while before they can kind of get back to to, to kind of finding the common ground because it has been un, unusually usually um what's the word unusually vituperative i suppose well well done for breaking the uh, vocab record uh, <laughs> so early in the podcast for words that i can't spell uh, so what well, i think what you're saying so from from what i what i'm taking from your explanation at the moment that there, there's no winners uh, obviously in this situation it just seems like everyone is everyone losing out uh, through this dispute in a way until something positive there's a positive resolution to this that all sides can gather around which maybe includes better payment and other things that universal are after i think so i mean universal admitted in its open letter it's losing out like it says there's a risk of this doing this tiktok's definitely losing out artists are losing out unless you're you know some artists may benefit like you said um fans are losing out like uh, all these people who, who love doing clips with taylor swift and with rodrigo and the whole gamut of umg's catalog they're losing out their videos are made silent and they can't use the music anymore so yeah it's it's um, it's a not it's not a good situation. But at the same time, they're both they're both so big. Like TikTok is so big that it's very 
it's very hard to think of Universal not wanting to have a deal with it. Um, it's very hard to think, okay, in a few months' time, actually, everyone stopped using TikTok because they didn't have Universal's music and it's gone now. Like, it's going to be here. So they will re reach a conclusion. Um, but yeah, the, the risk here, the, the longer this goes on for TikTok, the risk is that music artists shift their efforts to other rival platforms. Maybe even some of the fans go to the platforms. And so there is, I think there's maybe more of a, a risk for TikTok in this, what happens next, but it's not good for Universal Music either. So I think the, really the incentive is going to be once they can get back around the table to say, well, that was funny, wasn't it? But now let's actually sort this out. And and I think you're right. I think it, it's like a principle that that it's been talked about since I've been writing about music is that company, tech companies that get big and make lots of revenues with music at their core, they should value it fairly. And so that is a really important principle. Um, but when people are talking about what fair value is, you know, everyone's got their own ideas. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much. We, um, do you want to have a sweepstake on how long this will take to sort out? Um, what I mean, my dread is, and we're recording this, obviously the day before it goes live, so we're recording <laughs> this on Tuesday. If they are currently... Uh, on a Zoom call, sorting this out, and it gets sort, sorted out before we actually post this episode. I'll be quite annoyed. Other than that, I'm saying I think this will take three weeks. Well, that's uh, see, I was going to say I think that end of February publishing deadline is a really hard stop, and that should be a big incentive to get sorted something sorted, even if it's like a rolling a rolling license while they negotiate the final deal. So yeah, I would say. Right. I would hope for a three weeks thing so that there isn't the publishing chaos. But if not, I, I think it's going to take a, a couple of months to get a full deal worked out if if they can get the goodwill. TikTok versus UMG to be continued. Uh, any thoughts on this uh, story? Do drop us a line. And well, right, I think we have talking of uh, people getting in touch. We we we've got time for this. I think our our first listener question. Thank you, Ian McKinnon. I mean, I wish there was a prize for being the first off the mark, but sadly there isn't. Although, Ian, you will of course forever have the honour of being the first questioner, the first person to have a question answered on the price of music. Uh, Ian Wright. Uh, I've always been interested in how the finances work for big gigs. I've been to several, though, in recent years, which were noticeably half empty. In that scenario, who takes the hit, the promoter or the artist? I can see arguments for both, but can't see big artists embarking on a tour without knowing how much they'll be getting paid each night. I'm really interested to know. Uh, Ian, this is one of those things that... I mean, you just assume that you know how this works. Uh, I thought, I, I, I can answer this. I know how this works. But then I thought, no, you better check just in case. So um, I spoke to a friend of mine who's a live agent and explained to him what I, the, what I thought went on. Uh, and at the end of it, uh, he said, yeah, that's pretty much it. So you know, I'm going to try and keep this reasonably simple, but this is, this is sort of how it works. So the artist or a band they decide they want to do a big one-off gig or a tour. Let's let's say a tour. Uh, they work out with their manager where in the diary they'd like these gigs to go. Uh, then the manager will then go and talk to the group's live agent who oversees all their live shows. The live agent then talks to a promoter. In this case, it will be one of the big ones, uh, Live Nation or SJM or Kilimanjaro, someone like that. Uh, and so the live agent and the promoter sit down, they discuss the details of the tour, uh, what dates they're looking at, the sort of venues that the band want to play. And of course, most importantly, uh, the fee, the fee that the artists 
are asking to be paid, uh, then the promoter will probably do some costings, check venue availability, uh, and then they'll go back, the promoter will go back to the agent and the band with a financial offer, which is described as a guarantee. And that's the money they'll be paid for doing the shows. Uh, and then if the band and the live agent are happy, then they sign a contract and the promoter puts on the gig. So they secure the venue, put the tickets on sale, do the advertising, run the whole shebang. But however well, in the end, however well, however badly that gig does, the promoter still has to pay the band the agreed fee that they signed up to or as my friendly live agents uh, told me uh, and i quote whether one person turns up or five thousand people turn up the promoter still has to pay the guarantee so it's the promoter who would take the hit um so that's the answer i mean obviously i mean most promoters are pretty savvy the big ones so the chances of one person turning up are pretty slim uh and i guess i imagine they set a ticket price which attempts to insulate them against a big loss if the gigs don't sell out uh but uh, yes the bottom line is once a promoter has agreed to put on the gigs at an agreed fee that's the fee they have to pay and i mean i know there's again and before anyone gets in touch i know there are variations to this depending on what sort of size of acts we're talking about it changes on the way up to the to the big arena venues there are different slightly different ways of doing this um but that's the simple answer ian uh, and i hope that means uh, makes sense and thank you very much for getting in touch and if you have any questions yourselves which you'd like to ask us uh then uh, drop us drop us a line Stuart, have you got the email address or do you want me to do it i do have no it's the the price of music podcast at gmail.com the price of music podcast at gmail.com is to say any questions uh, that you'd like answered on the pod if you have any music related money matters you'd like explained to you or queries we might be able to help you with as i say drop us a line uh, and thank you very much for listening and if you have enjoyed uh, the show please do subscribe to us in your podcast app and uh, give us a review if you can and a rating if you get a second uh, maybe even tell a couple of your friends or colleagues about us uh, we'd more than appreciate it uh, we'll be back uh, next week week thank you very much everybody say goodbye Stuart cheerio goodbye